The great idea is buried. We talk on the day between. What we watched on Friday and a Sunday that no one's seen. The world switched off the light and cracked the thin veneer. It all started so very good. How did we end up here? I want us to walk through the other way into Resurrection Sunday. You see, we're always looking at it our way. So here we are in 2019 and we fly through the years and there it is. The Sunday comes first for us, which does make a difference to the Friday, if you see what I mean. If we looked at it the other way and we came at Resurrection Sunday front first, then it's a very different story. We did that on Friday night as we looked at the week that Peter had had. And we considered what that was like for Peter and all the different things that had happened. And he's denied Jesus and Jesus is on the cross. The disciples on Good Friday evening were not singing, it's Friday But Sunday's coming. Yes, Jesus had certainly hinted at it. And if they had been brighter sparks spiritually and maybe academically, they might have caught hints of it. But for them, Friday hasn't come because, or Sunday hasn't come because they're looking at it front first. And don't we all really in some kinds of levels? I remember the day before we opened our new block and we wanted to celebrate so much and then so many people were killed in Paris that I had to sit on the Saturday night and rewrite what should have been a celebratory sermon into something that recognized that while we celebrated an extension of our church that people had been killed and families were grieving. It would be very easy to have the woman declare, as we do in Fitzroy, in the most biblical of ways, if you look at the scriptures, and we all look at the scriptures differently, and we might find that with the empty tomb and the readings that we had a wee bit later in the sermon, but of whatever way we look at it, had there not been woman at the birth, and had there not been woman at the resurrection, I doubt if we'd be here right now. There seems more woman around the birth and resurrection and the cross of Jesus than there is in our pulpits, but that's for another sermon. Let's think about our lives and the lives going on around about us. Lyra McKee was not just another bad headline. It was such a shock because we hadn't had a headline like that for a long time. It was just some hint that the children who didn't know violence like she didn't were now becoming, or please Lord, they won't become the ones who will suffer some sort of setbacks. It even got Arlene and Mary Lou and Naomi standing side by side. We were shaken by it on Good Friday. And as I've said before, I'm not expecting Sarah, who so emotionally spoke to the cameras under the crowd on Saturday 
I'm not expecting her to um, to this morning waking up and think, oh, six women in Fitzroy have declared he's risen. Everything must be all right. It doesn't just make it all right in an instant. And then this morning you're waking up to 137 of your brothers and sisters in Christ doing what we're doing right here and now, being murdered in church, in Christian churches in Sri Lanka. It's a different kind of resurrection for those families in Sri Lanka this morning. Doug Gay, who was over speaking at Queen's this week again, and we had a few hours with Doug, um, who's preached here, done our church weekend, and as I always say, can write hymns and books and songs. <sighs> he uh, wrote this. I'm in a tunnel of grief on a Saturday train, hurtling along in the echoing dark, till it slams to a stop and the train powers down, so they dim all the lights and I wait in the gloom. While it stops for too long and all I can hear is dark water running and rats in the track, what if I never get out of here? What if I never reach the light? What if this Saturday train never moves on? Easter Saturday. What if we never get out of Easter Saturday? The disciples are hiding somewhere because they're terrified. They're not expecting or planning to do the hymns for their Easter Sunday service. But maybe some of us this week, the McKee family or those in Sri Lanka or those in our own congregation are still stuck on Saturday longing for the train to move forward, but they're stuck. Paul did an amazing blog yesterday. You should go home and go onto his blog and read it. And I'm just using the research of it for this dark Saturday. Frederick Wigner, one of my favorite writers too. Which of us has not suffered one way or another? We've all had our crucifixions where God seems to be absent and light seems to disappear and the world is dark and terrifying. Anybody with faith or without faith has had somehow to live through that kind of time. The question is, what comes out of that time? Suffering plays a role in every life. This is Beekner continued. We've all known our dark times. We've all felt abandoned by God or felt there was so, no such thing as God to abandon us to. Just the emptiness, the craziness of the world. And out of this, faith can often come. Beekner says, it's in my own darkest times or out of them somehow that has come treasure. A glimpse of something beyond or deep at the heart of suffering. Pete Gregg, who wrote God on Mute, says, Holy Saturday is the day in which we wonder where is God. Yet the answer may be that he is right there in the muck with us. When we are present in a situation, no matter how terrible it may be, he cannot be absent. Whenever life gets tough and we cry out to God for help, our desire is always to be airlifted out of the theatre of war. But more often than not, instead of airlifting us out to safety, God parachutes down to join us in the muck and chaos of our situation. Isn't that a beautiful illustration? Does Greg not get it right? But more often than not, instead of airlifting us out to safety, God parachutes down to join us in the muck and the chaos of our situation. Mary and Peter and John are on their Saturday trains. But Mary, the 
courageous woman again. I don't want to overstress it. You don't need to overstress it. Just need to read the Bible. Mary's the one who goes first. And she doesn't really get it in John's telling of the story. She runs back to Peter and John and the disciples and she says, the body's gone, the stone's rolled away, there's chaos up there, I don't know where the soldiers are. There's something has happened. And John and Peter run towards the tomb. One commentator says, John gets there because he wasn't married. Um, I'm not sure, I think that's a bit contrived. Um, But he gets there first, well, the beloved disciple who we're assuming is John gets there. I don't think it's just because he's not married, whatever the reason for that might be. But anyway, um, probably because there was no, well, no, we'll not go into that any more than we did. They arrive there and even they deal with it differently, don't they? They deal with it differently. John Gazen comes out. Peter Gazen sees the clothes, spends a wee bit more time than John did. He comes out, but he's still not quite sure. Whereas when John goes back in the next time, he believes. He's not sure what he's believing, but he believes something in those grave clothes that have been left there. And they run back somewhere to maybe tell the disciples or discuss it with the disciples or maybe to think about the things that Jesus had said that might mean this might be true. And Mary's just hanging out there just like the wee kid is uh, in in the video that we saw earlier on. And then she hears a voice. Gardener? I've been mistaken for the gardener, you understand. Um, you go and visit in a hospital and they might think you're the gardener more than you're the minister if you look like me. Was it the gardener? And then that voice. That voice. I want you to think who that voice is for you. There's about three voices in my life that always take me back to formation of faith. John Finley, my minister when I was growing up, Every time I hear him speak, there's something about the voice. John Dixon, who was my boss in First Antrim, every time John speaks somewhere and I hear his voice, I'm taken back into this time of formation. Godfrey Brown, he was my SISM leader for eight years after he was your assistant here and then he came back to do some stuff during the vacancy here. Every time I hear Godfrey's voice, there is something warm that comes back to me about good times, spiritual formation, safety, security, faith, the voice, just hearing that accent or the way, whatever it is. I understood what Mary got when she heard the words Mary in that voice. Saturday's over. The fear is gone. The despair and the darkness and the silence are lost to just overwhelming joy. If you're a Spurs supporter, you will have experienced it this week. That euphoria of thinking something, but here is resurrection. It's different than we imagined. The Saturday train started to move And the cross is empty. R.S. Thomas has a poem, The Answer, in which he writes, There have been times when after long on my knees in a cold chancel, a stone has rolled from my mind. And I've looked in and seen the old questions lie folded in a place by themselves. 
like the piled grave clothes of love's risen body. The piled grave clothes of love's risen body. For Mary, she saw the piled grave clothes. The old questions had been folded and Jesus had spoken her name and at last we knew he was going to rise from the dead and he was going to live forever. And when Peter and John and all the rest of the disciples started to get a hold of it, you could see that they were going, tear down this temple and in three... Yes, the old questions, the old doubts, the old misunderstandings neatly folded and piled as grave clothes for love's risen body. Let me quickly tell you a couple of things that this might mean. I'm following the death of a friend on Facebook. Facebook is many things, many very powerful things, many very trivial things, but sometimes very poignant things. In 2005, I had coffee one morning with David Montgomery, and I suggested to him, it was really early in 2005, and I suggested to him that I was thinking about a sabbatical and how would I get to Regent College, Vancouver. I was just asking the question. By midnight, he told me to get the tickets booked because he'd been in touch with Regent College, Vancouver, and a guy called Dal Shindell had read my book on U2 and was really keen that I would come for a sabbatical to Vancouver. Dal, he supported Chelsea, but he was a good man. He got our family maybe the best three months of our entire family lives together. He was the one at the college that sponsored me to come. Dal has been ill with cancer for a number of years. And his wife, Kit, is just wonderful at sharing it. They've been inspirational. She calls him the old buzzard. And she tells us every day how the old buzzard is. And in the last couple or three years, there have been some really down times for the old buzzard. And then the old buzzard has had resurrection moments. And there have been good news. And even just a few weeks ago, Regent College Vancouver named their art gallery the Dal Shindell Art Gallery, and he was there to see it. And there was a joy even flowing through me now that he was there to see it. Last night, Kit put on Facebook these words. So many of our friends have said that this is a sacred time for us. Sacred? Question mark. Vomiting, diarrhea, tubes draining various body fluids, mostly troubling with an appearance, nurses wearing masks with face guards, blood clots, pain, such pain, a tumour nibbling savagely, slinking through a system, breeding, growing, hungry. Sacred? Well, yes. Whoever said that sacred meant only cherubs, saints, stained glass and spires? I'm learning in a new way the sacredness of Good Friday. The sense of betrayal, the raw loss, the wretched cross, the hackling, the mocking, the pain, the hopes crushed, the dreams dead. And I'm learning in a new way something else this weekend. Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. We've lost the last page of the sermon. 
Sunday is coming and Kit knows where Dal's going next. That might be the Sunday. The resurrection might be literally resurrection. Might not be resurrection here. And the other wee thing briefly and very briefly I hope. Are you not fascinated the way it all happens differently for all of them? I'm looking out at you. And there are, there are artists. And there are medics. Can I say just in the last while, forgive me, there's so many medics here that I have told everything to you about my condition. Too much information my daughters would shout. But if you're a medic, you know, most of you, I've told you as it is. And so there's occasions when I've forgotten that you weren't a medic. Because so many of you are medics. That I might have just gone a wee bit far before I caught on that you weren't really interested and you certainly weren't interested in how far I was going at that point in time. We're all different. Some of us are medics, and some of us are GPs, and some of us are surgeons, and some of us are experts in different kinds of things, and I was fascinated during my sickness at the different things some people were interested in, whether it was the drugs or what they were going to do or how they were going to do it or when they were going to do it or how long it was going to be. You all had different angles on it. We have artists and we have painters here and we have musicians here and we have all kinds of people, that, accountants and people who look at the world all kinds of different. And that's why we have difference in lots of different ways we look at faith. And it was happening here. Mary went in and went back and then John rushed in but rushed out again. And then Peter went in and surprisingly spent longer in than John had but John, then he went back in just to check again. And then Mary hung around when the others ran off. Different ways to see and experience the resurrection that was there. And then there's Thomas. Now Thomas is my man. Forty years ago this year, I bumped into Thomas in John chapter 20 and verse 29. And nothing was ever the same again. I do things in the nine years. Uh, Forty years since I came to faith in Christ. 30 years since I kissed Janice for the first time. Um, 10 years since I came to Fitzroy. Um, it's always the nine years. 50 years since I started supporting Man City. What's going to happen this year, we might wonder. But anyway, Thomas was my man. I wasn't going to go to the grave. I wasn't going to be there. I wasn't going to believe that. And if angels had appeared, I wouldn't have been sure I would have believed that. I was Thomas. I was doubting. I was the atheist. I wasn't going to get it. All my friends were getting it. And all my friends were coming to faith, but I wasn't getting it. And then I read about that Thomas thing. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. And I never had to say that to John. Didn't have to say that to Mary. Just had to say a word to Mary. Didn't have to say it to Peter. But to Thomas he had to say, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas immediately believes, but then it's this verse. It's this verse that takes us, there is no 10-10 without 20-29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Those were the gardener's words for me. That was the moment. I have not seen, but I believe. We're all different. We all come to faith different. We all see resurrection different. We all understand these truths differently. 
But I pray this morning that all of us get something of resurrection. Because I imagine there's something of Easter Saturday going on in all of us. And I imagine that resurrection will come to us all differently. But what we're declaring as the people of God this morning is, he is risen. Something has happened. Something has happened in the world. Jesus' resurrection was not the most important event that happened in church history. It was the most important event that has happened in the history of the world. Everything from that moment is somehow different. Faith, hope, belief. Even when it doesn't seem as if the Saturday train is moving. Faith, hope, belief. He is risen. Let's pray together. Lord, we've thought of those whose Saturday trains are not moving right now. And we pray for them, whether they're in Derry, whether they're in Sri Lanka, whether we're in those southern countries of Africa, wherever they are, even within our congregation even within our own hearts. We pray, Lord, that we might get a sense of this resurrection. Maybe you're not going to airlift us out of here, but help us to see a resurrected Jesus parachuting in. Lord, give us faith to believe the way Thomas needed faith to believe. In all of our doubts, help us to know that we are blessed because we haven't seen And yet we believe. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.